At The Rock, I'm learning the Bible and how it applies to my life. At The Rock, I found God's purpose for my life. At The Rock, our family's growing spiritually. At The Rock, I have a great community of friends. The Rock is not just another church, it's a kingdom experience. Join us for a life-transforming worship experience at any of our three campuses. We can't wait to worship God with you. Visit us at therockwoi.com to learn more. That's therockwoi.com. Coming up next on The Kingdom Voice. Paul says, whenever I desire to do good, evil is always present. Paul says, I can't seem to get it right. The things that I hate, I practice. He says, oh, wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from this body of sin and death? Paul says, I'm a prisoner inside of a body that's connected to the world and it's yielding things that are out of my control. And Paul says, I need deliverance. In essence, Paul is saying, I need mercy. To walk with God. The following message by Apostle Dr. Dana Carson is made possible by DCKM Partners, assisting people to know God, making Him known to others, and spreading the kingdom message around the world. Check out our website, drdanacarson.org, where you can hear much more from The Kingdom Voice. In this gospel of the kingdom shall be spread across the world. So, God says that your prayer life, see this is why you don't pray because you don't have nothing to talk about. Because you ain't trying to depend on God and you sure ain't trying to forgive everybody. Now this is important now. Now I don't know about you, but I sing that song, I need the all, I need the every hour. Now, because I need him. I need his grace. I need his mercy. I need his forgiveness. I need him all the time because of my own idiosyncrasies, my own inadequacies. I need him. And God has a covenant with me. He has a covenant with you. He said, this is how this is going to work. You want to be saved and make Trans, commit transgression, transgressions and you want me to, free, to forgive you for them. Okay, well, if you're sincere about wanting to be forgiven for your sin or your debt, Luke says sin, but your debt, Matthew, or so your wrongdoing, then the sincerity of your asking for forgiveness will be weighed against how have you forgiven others. But Lord, you don't understand how much that fool and done this to me. This ain't the first time. And God says, excuse me. But that's different, Lord, you know. So God says here, <clears throat> remember, you are only as effective in prayer as you are in forgiveness. 
Doesn't matter. You can close your mouth, not be the very. You have some people that are unforgiving and vocal. You have some people that are unforgiving and silent. But at the end of the day, both people are unforgiving. And then they talk about, oh, my prayer life. I was praying. Who you was to, who are you talking to? God says I've turned a deaf ear. But they stole from me. Forgive them. They lied on me. Forgive them. They cussed my wife out. Forgive them. They put, they put my car on the flat. Forgive them. Well, listen, Lord. You know, you pray for me. You asking God to pray for you. Pray, pray for me. Because I'm not there yet. Okay, so. Well, just know this. Until you get there, every inadequacy you have, God's holding it against you. So until you get there. Well, Dr. Carson, that's a lot. Forgiveness is a dominant key to answered prayer. See, this aspect emphasizes man's responsibility to forgive. You have a responsibility as a believer to forgive. If anybody can do anything to anybody and they get away with it, it's you. If anybody needs some good old-fashioned forgiveness, I'll forgive you. I've had people say to me, Dr. Carson, you forgive. Uh, oh, man, that, I, I couldn't do that. Well, that's why God had not forgiven you. I'm not doing anything special. I'm doing what's required of me. And as a result, while I let other people go from, with stuff, God let me go. He forgives me. Forgiveness is emphasized between man and man and God and man. It's highlighted in the parable of the unforgiving servant. In Matthew 18 verses 21 through 25. It starts off with Peter Saying, Lord, you know, I've forgiven this person. What is it in Matthew 18? Let me read it. Matthew 18. 18. And oh, did I bring my, did I bring my glasses? Thank you. 18 and 21. Then Kapha came up and said to him, Rabbi, how often can my brother sin against me and I have to forgive him? Now everybody else is looking at God like that right now. How often, God? How often? He said, Rabbi, how often can my brother sin against me and I have to forgive him? See? See, some of us say, well, you know, 
You can get me once, maybe twice, but I ain't going to be three times a sucker. <laughs> you know? now, so now listen to what he says. <clears throat> and then he says, as many as seven times? Jesus said, no, not seven times, answered Yeshua, but 70 times seven. Listen, <clears throat> he said 70 times seven in a day. You are to forgive your brother. That meant they keep doing repetitive stuff to you. So what is the part, what, what are you trying to say here, God? God is saying there's never a grounds or any grounds not to forgive. So you run around with this out in your heart with people and you think God doesn't care while you have all these issues of sanctification yourself. Your life is an offense to God. The only reason we're saved is because Jesus died for us. And so therefore, there are so many character flaws in you and I. Please don't think that you are holy. He made you holy. He declared you holy. Now, because you have inadequacies, because we have constant deficiencies, Look what the scripture says in 1 John 1. It says, if you walk in the light, as he is in the light, he says, your sins will be exposed. He says, as you walk in the light, as he's in the light, paraphrasing here, your sins will be exposed. But then he says, if you confess your sins, he's faithful and just to forgive your sins and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. First John 1 and 7 through 9. So then he goes on and he says, and if you say you do not have any sin, you are a liar and the truth is not in you. Which means you're always going to need forgiveness from God. So, let me ask you this question. How many times is God supposed to forgive us in a day? <clears throat> well, I take his formula 70 times 7. Now listen to what it says. Because of this, the kingdom of heaven may be compared with a king who decided to settle accounts with his deputies. Right away, they brought forward a man who owed him many millions. And since he couldn't pay, his master ordered that he, his wife, and his children, and all his possessions be sold to pay the debt. But the servant fell down before him. Be patient with me, he begged, and I will pay back everything. So out of pity for him, the master let him go and forgave him his debt. 
Isn't that like God? See, because this, this is trying to show you how God operates. God is that king. And so now watch this. And then he lets us go. But as that servant was leaving, he came upon one of his fellow servants who owed him some tiny sum. He grabbed him <coughs> and began to choke him, crying, pay me back what you owe me. Now, I want you to see human nature. God forgives, the king forgives the man millions of dollars of debt. And then the man who's free finds somebody that owes him a tiny sum and he grabs him and starts choking him and say, pay me my money. He grabbed him and then it says his fellow, verse 29, his fellow servant fell before him and begged, be patient with me and I will pay you back. The same lines that he said to the king. But he refused. Instead, he had him thrown in jail until he should repay the debt. When the other servants saw what had happened, they were extremely distressed. And they went and told their master everything that had taken place. Then their master summoned his servant and said, You wicked servant! I forgave you all that debt just because you begged me to do it. Shouldn't you have had pity on your fellow servant just as I had pity on you? And it, in anger, his master turned him over to the jailers for punishment until he could pay back everything he owed. This is how my heavenly father will treat you unless you each forgive your brothers from your heart. Stay tuned for more from the Kingdom Voice. We'll be right back after this. Russia is on the move. Europe is burning. Natural disasters are striking and global health scares are plaguing the world. Everyone wonders why and how, but where are the answers? As ancient prophecy unfolds before our very eyes, two questions remain. Is this the end? And if so, are we ready for it? Trained kingdom scholar and eschatologist Dr. Dana Carson provides in his latest work, Dispensation 7, Is This the End? An Undiluted Examination of History and a Critical Look at the Evolution of the Church. This book is the answer for those seeking to accurately interpret the dangers that are currently being experienced around the world. This book will answer your most heartfelt questions and how to prepare for Christ's second coming. Purchase your copy now at drdanacarson.org. That's drdanacarson.org. Or call us today at 281-824-4190. That's 281-824-4190. Now, back to this life-changing message from the Kingdom Voice. So, do you have a right not to forgive? I don't care what they did. I don't care how many times they did it. Do you have a right not to forgive? Well, let me just say, if you say I do, then God takes that same right. And says, I have a right then not to forgive you. And to hold you accountable 
for every violation you've committed against me. Thus the man was forgiven an enormous debt, but would not forgive a man with a lesser debt. Thus the king did not forgive ultimately his debt. In Hebrew thought, it was said, forgive your neighbor the wrong he has done, and then your sins shall be pardoned when you pray. Shall a man harbor anger for another and yet seek healing from the Lord? How can you be asking God to heal you while you harbor anger for another? See, some of us, this is a place that um, we don't let people touch. And we guard it like a, a Roman centurion. And we act like it doesn't exist, but it has not only impacted your prayer life, it will also impact your end of life. A man is required to be reconciled with his brother before approaching God. God says, until you can get it right with Linton, don't come talking to me. Until you can get it right with your sister, don't come talking to me. You can talk, but I ain't listening. I'm not going to forgive you. So, when you look at the Day of Atonement, it was about God forgiving or atoning for sins between man and God, but not towards his brother. The person had to first appease his neighbor. You cannot walk around with all this unforgiveness. This teaches us that a man's relationship with his fellow man impacts his relationship with God. You can't have this relationship you think you can have with God and you don't like me. You don't, you don't forgive me. I, I, say I did something to you. Well, well, you knew what you did. It didn't say whether or not they knew what they did. Forgive them. Maybe I knew what I was doing. But I'm sorry. Yeah, that just seemed like that's some crap there. That seemed like, you know, blaming on the devil. You know, that's some crap there. What do you blame yours on? What do you blame yours on when you ask God to forgive you? What, what was the source? Well, God, you know me. I'm just struggling hard trying. Forgive your brother, and I forgive you. One must forgive before requesting forgiveness. The Talmud teaches that everyone who is merciful to others will receive mercy from heaven. The oral traditions of the rabbi, for those that may not understand Talmud. And the opposite is true also. God shows mercy upon the merciful. 
Forgiveness is the foundation for a relationship with God. If I've only been forgiven for what I've done and who I was, but God doesn't render me forgiveness for what I continue to do, then I'm doomed. Why, Dr. Carson? Why can't you just be perfect? Well, because I have a sinful nature. God did not annihilate my sinful nature. Instead, he left it and then gave me the responsibility of managing it through the power of the Holy Spirit. So therefore, Paul says, whenever I desire to do good, evil is always present. Paul says, I can't seem to get it right. The things that I hate, I practice. He says, oh, wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from this body of sin and death? Paul says, I'm a prisoner inside of a body that's connected to the world and it's yielding things that are out of my control. And Paul says, I need deliverance. In essence, Paul is saying, I need mercy to walk with God. He said, God, I've prayed several times. There is this thorn in my flesh. And God told him, my grace is sufficient. My strength is made known in your weakness. Hence, I'm dependent upon God's grace and mercy. <clears throat> the Psalter says, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. From the cross, Christ yelled, forgive them. Well, they know not what they do. Wow, that was a powerful word today. Truly a life-changing word. Such an amazing word, babe. I couldn't have said it better. Our apostle, Dr. Dana Carson, preached an amazing word. And I know you're feeling a tug on your heart right now. And that feeling, that's the Holy Spirit. I'm Elder James E. Hedibo, and this is my wife, Brittany. And we're here to help you take that next step in receiving a relationship with Christ. That tugging, the Holy Spirit, desires to have a relationship with you. And so if you would, and you want to be saved, and you want to know what I need to do next, say this prayer after me, and let's accept Jesus into our lives. Dear Jesus, I believe that I'm a sinner in need of grace. I believe that you died on the cross for my sins, and I just ask now, Lord, that you forgive me for my sins. Lord, all that I am, all that I'm not, I give to you. Please, Lord, fill me with the power of your Holy Spirit. Lead me, Lord. Be ruler and reigner of my life. I pray this now in Jesus' name. Amen. If you just said that prayer, congratulations. You are now born again and welcome into the kingdom and into a relationship with Christ. Amen. And the angels in heaven are rejoicing. Yeah. This next step is just as important. Make sure you join us at therockwi.com and get connected because that next step of getting filled with the word continuously will keep you.
make sure you do that today. Congratulations and welcome to The Rock. Thank you for listening to the kingdom teaching of Dr. Dana Carson. If you would like to hear this message in its entirety, visit drdanacarson.org slash TV. For more kingdom teachings and transformational messages, subscribe to our YouTube page at Dr. Dana Carson. Hello, I'm Dr. Dana Carson, affectionately known as the Kingdom Voice and Senior Leader of the Rock World Outreach International. I would like to invite you to an extraordinary worship experience with God every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. at 4101 Broadway Street in Houston, Texas. You will experience powerful praise and worship, a friendly atmosphere, ministry for the entire family, and a life-changing word that will draw you closer to God. Then on Sunday night at 6 p.m., join us for our Signs and Wonders Miracle Service at our Edgebrook campus located at 9321 Edgebrook. If you're in need of a miracle, or breakthrough in your life, The Rock is the place to be Sundays at 6 p.m. Lastly, find me every Wednesday at 7 p.m. as we understand the Bible with Dr. Dana Carson. In this Bible study, you will discover a greater understanding of scriptures and how they apply to your life. If you're not in Houston or the Houston area, you still can connect with us online through YouTube, Facebook, or our website at therockwoi.com. Get ready to experience the power of the kingdom. And I look forward to worshiping with you. The Kingdom Theological Seminary offers a quality yet affordable theological education for those seeking to increase their kingdom biblical knowledge. A recent survey revealed a widespread confusion about the Bible's teachings and they drift away from biblical truths. In America's secular culture, studying the truth of God is no longer relevant and some believe it should be relegated to the educational systems. In order for people to become eternally significant, one must know, learn, and understand the Bible and how it relates to them in a 21st century culture. The Kingdom Theological Seminary is designed with this in mind. At KTS, kingdom-minded leaders and laymen will become a part of a kingdom movement that is training and equipping people through the Word of God void of the Romanization, Europeanization, colonization, westernization, and Americanization of the gospel. KTS is a hybrid learning experience with online classes with a focus on kingdom and Pentecostal studies as well as special weekend activities and classes to meet the needs of busy students from around the world. The master and doctoral programs at the Kingdom Theological Seminary are unique and diverse programs designed to prepare and equip you for various aspects of 21st century kingdom ministry. The hybrid approach to seminary gives us the opportunity to have various professors from around the world, such as Dr. Trevor Grizzle, Dr. Brad Young, Dr. Joseph Walker, and more teaching and equipping you with a top shelf understanding of scripture. The Kingdom Theological Seminary is the seminary of the future and is preparing kingdom leaders for 21st century ministry. Find out more at ktseminary.com and prepare to expand your biblical understanding. Visit ktseminary.com. In this
The preceding broadcast has been brought to you by DCKM Partners, helping people to know God, make Him known to others, and spread the kingdom message around the world. Find out more at drdanacarson.org. DCKM, Dana Carson, Kingdom Ministries.